What's up guys, Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's PGA Championship. That's right, it's major week, which means we've got major announcements and major congratulations to dish out. First of all, the long-awaited Rick Rungood swag has arrived. The Rungood store is now live. So if you want one of these... Uh, Rick Rungood shirts. There's a bunch of different designs. There's shirts and hats and uh, sweatshirts and all this other stuff. It's rungoodstore.com. Obviously, we'll link it in the description. Free shipping worldwide. Different colors for everything. My wife made it. So if you buy something, it'll make her happy. It'll make us all very happy. Um, congratulations. For last week's WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational, because again, the community is full of winners. So I've got to shout it out because we are carrying this momentum into the PGA Championship. So let's start and work our way up here. Alex Osterick. I don't know if I said that right. $8 into 74 JT outright plus Sixth place on Jock Market. That's pretty cool. That was fun. Uh, Dynasty Drunkard turned his $60 into $238 because he picked up JT after round three at like nine to one. Congratulations. Callum McCaslin, I say that name, I swear, every single week. 77 into 376 thanks to JT and Burger Bets. Noah Hershaway. I don't know if I got that one right. 40 into 440. Again, a round three JT ticket. So if you are listening to the First Cut Pod, that's kind of where I think a lot of these stemmed from the CBS Sports Podcast that I host. Uh, Clark Ainsley, $25 into 525. We'll take that ROI every single week. Mentioned to me. He's now hit three winners in the restart. Congratulations, Clark. John Walker turns his $73 into $587. Congrats. Mitch Quinnell, $15 into $600. Here's one of my favorite stories of the week. He's basically turned that $10 that FanDuel gave him for free into like $600 in the last two weeks. I love stories like that. Steve Frazier, thanks to JT, has a $50 in $600 out. Bo Boldick. 45 into 680. Congrats. Nick Nowitzki, thanks to DraftKings, lineups, and a JT outright, turns his 265 into 958. And now we get into the four digits. Nick Montabalno, Montabalno, 135 into 1100. Congrats. Mike Cav, 70 into 1350. That's awesome. Nikki Noodles, had a JT outright and a JT Jim Furyk double, which is great. 90 into 1900. We're not even close to done yet. Jesse William turned his $218 into 2174, 2174. Cam McCann turned his 21, I love this, $21 into 2550. That could be anybody, any single week. What a great run there by Cam. Chadwick destroyed. Just smash JT after round three, uh, 600 into 3,000. The Mush God had various JT bets, and it was not uh, it was not Mush because he turned his 1,100 into 6,200. But here's the big winner of the week. Member of the site, Brad Harrison, uh, sent me a note 
telling me that he turned his $195 that he played on DraftKings into $12,299. Congratulations. Congratulations to everyone. We are going to keep the momentum rolling into the PGA Championship. And if you want to use the tools, be a part of the rickrungood.com community, well, you can sign up, but also I'm giving away a couple of monthly subscriptions. So the winner, winners from last week, Philly Fingers, you win a month subscription to rickrungood.com. And R. Bartleson, you have won a subscription to rickrungood.com. I will get in touch with you. I'll get you all set up. And if you would like to win for this week, plus... Anything you want from the Run Good store. How about that? We'll we'll spice it up a little bit this week. The drawing is for a month subscription to rickrungood.com and anything you want from the Run Good store. There are two ways to enter. If you are on YouTube, make sure you are subscribed and clicking the notification bell because, oh yeah, more comments, content, <laughs> and comments, I guess, coming this week should be awesome. Uh... Leave a comment below who's going to win the PGA Championship. That's it on YouTube. Go over to Apple, iTunes, leave a five-star rating and review. Say something nice about the show and leave me your Twitter handle so I can get in touch with you. Those are the two ways to enter. Do them both. Double your chances. I will leave a link in the description for the podcast so that you can get over there. It's called 300 Yards to Unknown. You can search that or you can search Rick Run Good as well. It's going to be a big one. It's going to be a great week. Let's jump into it. PGA Championship TPC Harding Park. What do we know about TPC Harding Park, which is in San Francisco? We know a few things. Obviously, this is this is actually a municipal course, which is kind of crazy. You can just go play this uh, public course, but it is not going to look anything like any muni that you have seen. Uh, the the fairways have been pinched in. Obviously, the the rough is up high. This was the host of the 2015 WGC match play. It was won by Rory McIlroy. If depending on when you go back and look. You might see that there was uh, Poana greens on TPC Harding Park. Well, uh, those were ripped out a handful of years ago. They're on bent grass now. So if you're looking for grass stats, remember this is going to be bent grass. It is a par 70. And the PGA of America going with top 70 and ties for this week. So remember the PGA Tour switched to top 65 and ties, what, at the beginning of this season so in the fall of 2019 uh this event back to top 70 and ties making the cut so there will be a few more six of six lineups that get through um not a lot of water necessarily in play here right i mean it's it's on the coast i think that's the big thing is whatever the temperature is in like San Fran, it's get, like it's going to be different. It's going to be colder. It's always just kind of wet. There's this marine layer. Uh, it's probably going to be you know mid 60s as the highs. Wet, wet, more wet conditions than we've seen recently. It's kind of like Pebble Beach, right? It's just always a chance of rain and and guys wearing you know two gloves and all that stuff. Uh, and it'll be chilly in the morning, right? It's going to be like 48 degrees when some of these guys tee off on Thursday and Friday morning, warming up throughout the day. But it's not going to get hot like it was in Memphis last week. 
And then remember, um, the PGA Championship, of course, is uh, a, a rotating major, right? We don't play it at TPC Harding Park every single year, so we don't have a lot of great history from TPC Harding Park, but we have a lot of great history from uh, the PGA Championship. And, and you can glean some things from that because – you know, you always have a similar strength of field, right? It's always a very deep, strong field. Usually the rough is very penal. You need to hit the ball in the fairway like you will have to at TPC Harding Park this week. So it's not, uh, obviously not the same course every single year, but there are some things that we can learn from past history. If you're into the new grass specialist tool on rickrungood.com on the course key stats page, this was a, uh, this was pretty popular last week. This uh, people enjoyed this. So uh, what what the way this works is we take everyone's strokes gain putting their baseline and we compare it to just what they do on each grass putting surface. Uh, so for this week, it's obviously bent grass, and then we rank the guys essentially who's much better on bent grass than they are normally. So you see some of and some of these guys don't have a lot of rounds, right? Like Sean Norris, Tom Lewis, Lucas Herbert all are the top three specialists. Now they have 20, 36 and 14 rounds uh, to, you know, respectively on, on bent grass. So uh, I, you know, you look at the first guys who have a larger sample size, Brooks Kepka. you know, Brooks Kepka, the first guy with a massive sample size is essentially a half a stroke better on round uh, per round on bent grass than any other surface. Sung J M Similarly, about a quarter of a shot better. These are guys who have some of the largest differences. Other guys you might consider. Um, Matt Wallace is a quarter of a stroke better. Matt Kuchar, Harris English, Andrew Putnam, even Matthew Fitzpatrick, better on bent than their standard uh, putting surface. Now, the opposite, the anti-specialists, the guys that struggle on bent. A couple of small sample sizes with Jazz, Jaina Wananand, and uh, Matthias Schwab, those two guys are terrible, but smaller sample sizes. The guys who are bad with larger sample sizes, Wyndham Clark, Sung Kang, Tommy Fleetwood, uh, really struggle historically on bent compared to other surfaces. Now, if we scroll down and look at the most important stats for a PGA championship, and again, this is for a PGA championship. This is not for TPC Harding Park. So it's a little bit different, but again, you know, rough is always going to be penal. The course is usually going to be longer. Uh, the fields are going to be more difficult. So there are things that we can take out of this. It is no surprise to me that strokes gained approach and strokes gained off the tee are the two most important stats in a PGA championship. And the reason that they usually are is because if you miss a fairway, uh, you are in the thick of it, right? There is thick rough everywhere. The angles that you come in for in a major championship, especially the PGA championship, are critical. So having a shot uh, to to fire at pins or have a shot to hit it on the correct side of the green starts with you hitting it into the fairway. So only nine other tournaments, only nine other courses on the PGA Tour is strokes gained approach more important than it is here at the PGA Championship. And then strokes gained off the tee, 
that, that ranks 23rd out of 50, so it is the second most important stat at the PGA Tour, and it is a just above average stat when you compare it to the other 50 courses on tour or tournaments on tour, I should say. So let's go through them. So who in this field is the best in strokes gained? Uh, We'll start with strokes gained approach, I suppose. That's the most important one. Well, Justin Thomas, your winner from last week and your most expensive golfer in the field. And oh, by the way, your new number one player in the world leads the tour in strokes gained approach and leads this field in strokes gained approach. Right behind him are a couple of more value guys, Colin Morikawa, the only other guy besides Justin Thomas who gains over one stroke per round on approach, and then Hideki Matsuyama. There is actually another guy who, let's talk about Patrick Cantlay right now. Patrick Cantlay is $9,400. Patrick Cantlay is fourth in this field in strokes gained approach, and he is, let's see what he is in strokes gained off the tee. Um, Probably, where is he? 25th, something like that. He gains, he's probably about 25th in this field. And I know he burned a lot of us last week, but let's look at what he did over the weekend. I'm going to go back to the uh, live leaderboard here from last week. And if you look at his first two rounds, he did indeed lose one and a half strokes from T to green. It was bad, but even worse, he lost nearly four strokes putting. He had played himself out of this event by Friday. Uh, He was a combined five over par. And then something happened. Then he turned back into Patrick Cantlay that we would expect to see. And over the weekend, he gained four strokes on approach. So that's two per round. He gained strokes putting. And if you actually back out of this, over the weekend, he was the fifth best player in the field the only scores better on the weekend tom lewis who went unbelievably nuclear justin thomas who won the golf tournament abraham answer who finished t15 and daniel berger who finished in a tie for second so can't lay if he can carry any of those uh, any of that momentum from his final two rounds from the weekend in memphis over to tpc harding park uh, you know he might he might reel me in again he's only 9400 bucks he might Reel me in again. Uh, when you talk about strokes gained off the tee, there are a few guys that stand out. Of course, Bryson, right? He stands out in a big way. Is he going to be able to dominate and take apart uh, a major championship venue like he has at you know Detroit Golf Club? I think angles are more important in major championships. I don't think it's just a bomb and giggle or a bomb and gouge. So I'm a little bit concerned about Bryson, but still what he's done has been kind of nuts. Um, You know, his last week wasn't great. He lost a lot of strokes on approach in Memphis. A lot of, he had a couple of water balls. Then he tried to hit a couple of hero shots and it it got ugly. Um, Interested to see what Bryson ownership comes in this week. And then Cam Champ, let's talk about Cam Champ for a second because... He's only $7,000. He's second in this field in strokes gained off the tee. And the the narrative around Cam Champ has kind of changed recently. And I'll pull up his I'll pull up his strokes gained database here really quickly. So if you look at Cam Champ, and I actually want to sort this by date, and I want to go back to like when he was winning. Um, yeah, here we go. Like when he was winning Safeway and when he was winning Sanderson Farms, everything had to go right for him because he's he's always had this elite 
driver, right? Off the tee is unbelievable. Uh, but the rest of his game was so poor. And you're seeing that week in and week out. I mean, he'd lose basically in every other category all the time. And he was a one-trick pony. And while he is still an elite off-the-tee player and he's worse in other categories, he is not as bad in the other categories anymore. I mean, you look at his putting. There was a stretch from the Charles Schwab last year to the Sanderson Farm. So that's like a 10-tournament stretch where he lost strokes putting in 9 out of 10, and the majority of them he lost three, four, or five strokes putting. It was really, really bad. And then and then it kind of started to turn at his win at the Safeway. Uh, now you're talking about his last, let's see, four, eight, 12, like last 16 events, he's actually gained strokes putting in like half of them, which is still not great, right? He's not, you know, Jordan Spieth with a putter, but we're not asking him to be. I'm just saying he has cleaned up some of some bad parts of his game. He's still He's still not great there, but it's much better than he used to be. Uh, finished 25th at the w- WGC last week. He was awesome off the tee. He putted well. Uh, you know, he's only 7000 bucks. I don't think I'm going to have a ton of exposure to him, but he is someone that I think moves the needle for me just a little bit. The other off-the-tee studs, they're kind of guys that, you know, you we always know, right? Sergio, who he flashed brilliance a little bit last week at, for some time. Uh, Roy McIlroy, John Rahm, Xander Shoffley, Jason Kokrak, Bubba Watson. Those are your guys that are, are are great off the tee. Let's jump over to the cheat sheet and see what we've got going on over here. Um, six golfers priced over $10,000. And as we always get with the majors, very soft pricing. Uh, Roy McIlroy under 11000 for the first time since, I don't know, I don't know when the last time was. I could pull up his profile, but um, it's kind of surprising to see him under $10,000 or 11000 excuse me. So when we talk about what to do here at the top, um, I probably want to live at the top or the bottom of this $10,000 range. Justin Thomas's game, to me, is as mature and complete as we get on the PGA Tour. I've kind of made this this argument over his maturity a lot in the last week or so. And you saw it at the WGC FedEx. Like he does whatever he needs to do at that moment. If it is, if it is, uh, you know, sit back and I'm not making any putts, let this course come to me. Let me just um, weather the storm. He can do that when he's feeling it and he needs to put the pedal down. Like he can do that as well. I mean, he erased, he entered Sunday last week, what four shots back. He erased that you know, almost immediately. And then when it, when it was an opportunity to, to put that tournament into a stranglehold, he did it. Now he wasn't able to do that at the workday charity open where he loses in a playoff to Colin Morikawa. But I think he learns from that. And he's telling us this. I mean, the top tens are unbelievable. He's got one, two, three, four top tens in his six starts in the, in the restart, including a win and one that he should have won. He's obviously won the PGA Championship before. He won it in 2017, finished sixth in 2018. I, I mean, I, I, I cannot find anything wrong with Justin Thomas's game. And, you know, he probably could even be closer to $12,000, and he's 11300 I think it's a pretty fair price. Now, your two-time defending champion, Brooks Kepka, 
who has not, who has five, this is unbelievable. Four top five finishes in the last five years of the PGA Championship. He's gone win, win, 13th, fourth, and fifth. It's unbelievable. Kind of rounding into form. Let's pull up his, uh, I shouldn't even say kind of, he is. Let's pull up his, um, I want to go by rounds for Brooks Kepka, and I want to go by recently, let's do this. All right, let's look at his ball striking. Ball striking is the combination of off the tee and approach. Well, gain strokes in all four rounds at FedEx St. Jude. Um, now six straight if you go back to the 3M. And he's had a couple of rounds in the restart, a couple at the RBC Heritage, where basically he's gaining you know, two, two and a half, three strokes per round in this category, which is kind of crazy. And, and it's really been the putter that has even held him back. I mean, he finished second last week and he had a round where he lost 4.6 strokes putting. He had, and he lost strokes putting in three of the four rounds. Like if that flat stick gets anywhere remotely average, he's probably going to win a golf tour, you know, a major championship. He probably wins this golf tournament. That's how good he has been from tee to green. His approach game has been phenomenal. Like I I've, I've been down on Brooks for a lot of reasons, but it's really getting good right now. And um, I don't know, like, like you throw him at a, at a major championship, watch out the rest of the field. So those two, I probably like as much as I love Rory Rahm and Bryson, I'm a little bit concerned. I think I'd rather spend up for JT and Brooks, or I'd rather go down to Xander, who this guy, man, like let's look at his round by round. It, it, it just feels like he's knocking at the door. Let's pull him up here. He always has one round, seemingly every event that he plays himself out of it. And at the... WGC FedEx St. Jude, it was essentially the second round. He loses two and a half strokes on approach. He loses another almost full stroke off the tee. Like, that just plays himself out. He ends up finishing sixth, and it feels like he left so many strokes out there. Go back to the Memorial. His opening round at the Memorial, he loses four strokes to the field. It's just like, that can't happen when you're a top 10, top 15 player like Xander is. It just can't happen. Now... Despite that, the results are still there, right? I mean, he's he's in contention a lot. Third place at the Charles Schwab. That was at Colonial. That's when he missed that short putt late on Sunday. Um, then he goes, you know, top 20s at Travelers, Workday, Memorial, uh, WGC, FedEx, St. Jude with increasingly better results in each one. It feels as if he's knocking at the door. I love the way he plays. I love the skill set that he has. So I'd rather go you know, top end or bottom end of this $10,000 range. We've already talked about Patrick Cantlay in the $9,000 range. If you watch the show regularly, regularly, you know how I feel about Webb Simpson. This course might be a little bit big for him, but listen, Webb finds a way. I'm, I'm not worried about it. I'm not super stoked about it. I think he's like fairly priced. I'll have my normal exposure to him. Like it's okay. We don't have to take a stand on every single player. Um, Tiger Woods at 9,200. What do we do with Tiger? If he can putt, he can contend. That's it. I, I mean, it's very simple. His, his, his irons were great the last time we saw him at the Memorial. 
Um, I think it's a weird situation where he kind of needs reps, but he also needs rest. I think he'll probably be popular because it's going to be a big major championship week. There's going to be a lot of people playing and a lot of people who want to play Tiger Woods. Again, I think he's fairly priced. Uh, I'm not going to go overboard. I'm probably not going to go super underweight on him. I think he's fine. But where I do think a lot of, um, I think a lot of the ownership lives here in this uh, 9,000 to 8,400. So this is Dustin Johnson, Daniel Berger, Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, Jason Day. And the, (laughs) you know, the run from Dustin Johnson, right? The win at Travelers. The 80, 80, 78, three rounds in a row from Mirfield Village to the 3M Open. And then he comes back and he shoots uh, a couple of low rounds to finish uh, T12 at the WGC. And he looks like Dustin Johnson again, no harm, no foul. Like, it's amazing the the, the memory or short memory that this guy has. I do want to pull up his, his strokes gain database really quickly here. Or, or actually, I'll do, his, um, I'll do his player profile here, which by the way, Added in these uh, new little, just little little filters for year down here. Pretty cool. I like them. Okay, um, so let's let's look at this. And what was the what was the issue at the 3M Open and at the Memorial? Well, the answer is kind of everything. But the big issue was the irons. He lost four strokes on approach at Mirfield Village. He lost six and a half in one. Well, that's that's one round. That is one round at TPC Twin Cities. Um, but of course fixes it, goes out, gains a bunch, gains strokes on approach uh, at TPC South. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible a guy who can flip a switch like this. Um, so I think he's going to be rightfully very popular in the sub-9,000, or I guess in the $9,000 range. He's a $9,000 flat uh, because we know he's got the runner-up last year. He's been great at PGA Championships in his career. He's always around, hanging in there. And then Daniel Berger, who historically has not been good at PGA championships, right? He's got a 12th place finish is, is his only finish inside the top 70 in the last five years, including two missed cuts because, you know, PGA championships, that's, that's a big park, right? I mean, that's, it's usually very difficult. It's usually very long. Um, but Berger's kind of broken the mold this year. I mean, since the restart, he's played four events. He has three top threes. He has a first, a second, and a third in his four events. It's unbelievable. Um, 8,800, I think he gets a lot of play. Morikawa, Hovland, those guys are always going to get play because they're great ball strikers. They should. But Jason Day is really interesting. And I'm not. I'm not a Jason Day guy. I usually don't play him. I'm always worried about him. Now he's 8,400. And I tweeted this out the other day. He has three straight top tens on the PGA Tour. So Workday Charity Open. Memorial and then the WGC event. It's the first time he's done that on the PGA tour since like 2016. So he is in the midst of a really good run right now. And what I want to check is how he's doing it. I I don't want it to just all be the short game, right? Because that's Jason day's specialty. And you can see it's not, Uh, I mean, he has been basically across the board in this stretch gaining in every single strokes gained category. He's been great with his irons the last two weeks. He's been great around the greens, as he always is. Uh, And he's been rolling in enough putts. I mean, honestly, he didn't even putt all that well at TPC Southwind. He was basically an average putter at Southwind and still finished sixth. The tee to green game was really good. So I am growing with optimism for Jason Day 
at $8,400. Obviously great at PGA Championships in his career. Uh, If you look at just the last five years, he's gone win in 2015, second in 2016, ninth, 19th, and 23rd. So they're getting progressively worse, uh, but that's still okay. That's five top 25 finishes in the last five years, including a victory. And he's just, I mean, this is, I don't think it's, it's an argument to say this is the best he's been since 2016. I don't think that's an, an argument. I mean, he's been really, really good. So a uh, day at 8,400 will probably be the trap that I will fall into. All right, we'll go through these a little bit quicker here. Um, Terrell Hatton gets a very significant price decrease. He's now $8,000 flat. He was terrible last week at the WGC event. Uh Longer term, he's obviously been great. He usually plays well in tougher conditions. I'm more optimistic than most on Hatton, but I won't be plugging him into every single lineup. Um, Tommy Fleetwood, 35th last week. I kind of mentioned this at the 3M. He looked like he was rounding into form, even though he missed the cut when, when he was in the fairway. And I know this, that's funny to say when he was in the fairway, he was awesome. Uh, played much better, showed, showed us flashes. He showed flashes at the WGC event last week. He ends up finishing 35th. I could probably be buying back in on him. And I hate to mention this. We got to kind of talk about Jordan Spieth a little bit here because, um, he's doing something much better than we would expect. So let's, let's pull him up really quickly and see what we can find. All right. Jordan Spieth. If I can type his name in, here we go. I want to highlight the restart here. So this event is the restart, Colonial. Um, and if you look back before that, uh, you know, the, the last two rounds that he played, he lost 10 strokes on approach. Uh, had a couple of really bad approach rounds before that. This is all one event here, so don't don't count that. It's three different courses, but this is the same event uh, at AT&T Pebble Beach. So it looks like he gained five strokes on approach three different times. He didn't. That was the same tournament. Um, but what I'm trying to get at is he was not a very good ball striker for the last, I don't know, 18 months uh, before the break. Now, since the restart, he's gained strokes on approach in four of the six events that he's played. And the two that he lost in haven't been as bad as the events that he would uh, how much he would normally lose before the break. Am I still concerned that he can't hit the fairway? Sure, even though he's even been a little bit better there. Uh, he's been kind of closer to the field average. The last couple of weeks haven't been great. Uh, always has the magic short game. Always has the magic putter. So I, I'm not, again, sprinting to the window to bet Jordan Spieth. I'm not a necessarily a long-term believer, but I would be disingenuous if I wasn't telling you that he is better on approach since the restart than he had been before the break. And the mid, and even the even the events that he's losing in, he's not losing as bad. Take that for what it's worth. Do whatever you want with that information, but I need to tell you about it. All right, let's find some deeper guys here. Um, Ches Reevy, who obviously played well last week, finished sixth. Now has three straight top twenty fives, and oh by the way, 
Three straight top 25s in PGA Championships. Yeah, Ches Reeve finding a way to get his name to the top of the leaderboard at PGA Championships. He's $7,400. Bubba Watson at 74 Again, I'm not a Bubba guy, but I think he offers something interesting, which is volatility. And sometimes that is good, right? I mean, just look at his results recently. Uh, a seventh place finish at Charles Schwab. He's played every event since the restart. Is that Am I reading that right? That's absolutely crazy. So seventh at Charles Schwab. Then he goes 52nd, miscut, 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 32nd at Memorial. That's a deep field. Miscut. And then 25th at the WGC, which is another deep field. Uh, like, I, I'm okay with the volatility. Just know that Bubba is not a safe golfer in any way possible. Uh, but he can hit a lot of fair or not hit a lot of fairways. He can gain a lot of strokes off the tee. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, he was one of the best players in the field on approach. If he can kind of put the whole package together, I think he's kind of interesting. Who else do we have down here? Who else would I be willing to go to? I mean, there's a couple of names. Uh, you know, Scotty Scheffler has played well the last couple of weeks. We'll see what he does in a major championship. Um, obviously, Tom Lewis got scorching hot on the weekend last week. I probably wouldn't expect anything like that again. Harris English, three straight top 20s and four in his last five starts is here at $7,200. Ryan Palmer is $6,900. Ryan Palmer finished 15th last week, second at the Memorial, eighth at Harbor Town, and honestly is having a much better season than people want to give him credit for. He's $6,900. Richie Warinsky, he won, he won the Barracuda last week. So his, his last couple of, of events have been uh, third at the 3M, and then he won the Barracuda, which was the opposite event last week. Who else can we get down here? Um, interesting, interesting, interesting. I don't know. I don't know if you have to go this far. Well, yeah, I guess you probably do have to go this far. I still like Matt Hughes. Unfortunately, this is probably not a good course for him because he doesn't hit enough fairways. His approach game is not good enough. So let's find guys who sh strike it well. Russell Henley, elite on approaches. Jason Kokrak, elite off the tee. Let's find somebody who can do both. Sebastian Munoz, okay in both categories. Um, although I, I don't know if he, what did he withdraw from? Let me check it. Let me check him real quick. He withdrew from the Barracuda uh, and still in the field as of right now for the PGA Championship. That's probably as low as I would go here. Um, yeah. There's some qualifiers down here that I'm not super interested in. Let's make a model. Let's see how that goes. Let's make – actually, here's a couple. Let's do this real quick. I want to go back to the live leaderboard. I want to look at strokes gain T to green on the weekend. Guys that are playing well or hitting it well. Uh, Berger was first. Thomas was second. Palmer was third. Tom Lewis was fourth. Hideki fifth. Lowry sixth. Neiman seventh. Corey Connors, Michael Thompson, Scotty Scheffler rounding out the top 10 there. Interesting. Okay, now let's make a model. This is the custom model on rickrungood.com. You can allocate your 100 weights any way that you would like. For me this week, I'm going to go with uh, 35 off the tee. I think you got to be really good off the tee. I'm going to go 30 on approach. I think I, I really want to focus on those. Um, I also want to go with scoring average because I kind of want to, um, this is my way of kind of working in like bogey avoidance, right? Like guys that, uh, aren't, you know, I expect a tough, tough conditions, right? I expect tough conditions here. So I'm going to put 
10 on scoring average. I'm going to put 10 on par fours because this is a uh, par 70. Then what else am I going to do? Let's do, we could do, uh, I don't want to do scrambling. I hate the short game stats. Let's do a little bit of distance, a little 10 on the distance, and let's just do our last five anywhere. We could put it anywhere. Let's do, let's do putts. Let's do scrambling. No, we're going to do scrambling. We'll do scrambling. That's fine. All right. And we're going to run this model. Oh, boy. Rory McIlroy is our number one golfer. That is super scary. <laughs> it shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be. But it's scary because what he has done in the restart has not been pretty. Justin Thomas, number two. Xander Shoffley, number three. Those are two guys that I really like anyway. This is solidifying it. This is uh, probably... You know, like those guys are going to be in a lot of my lineups. Uh, Hideki is fourth for me. That's interesting. I probably won't play a Hideki all that much, but I will consider it more now considering he's my fourth ranked golfer. Patrick Cantlay being my fifth ranked golfer is interesting because he's my fifth ranked golfer and he is, what, the 10th most expensive golfer on the slate? Something like that. Um, so that that would be that would be noteworthy. John Rahm is sixth for me. Then Harris English is my first real value play. He's only 7,200. He is my seventh ranked golfer in this model. Uh, I talked about his top 20s coming in. That's interesting. So maybe I'll get him in some more lineups. Victor Hovland is here. Colin Morikawa and Scotty Scheffler. Look at that. Is my other value. So a couple of values here coming out of my model and then also solidifying kind of Justin Thomas and Xander Shoffley and probably Patrick Cantlay for me, who I'm going to have to go back to, it seems, uh, for this week. All right, I think that'll do it. PGA Championship, our only major this season. It's going to be a boatload of fun and there is going to be a boatload of content this week so keep an eye out on the rick run good youtube channel keep an eye out on my twitter at rick run good i will blast out as much as possible so much going on looking forward to it best of luck and i'll talk to you guys later